Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an all-new, brand-new Russell Wortham Show coming to you live, as always, commercial-free from my super-secret Batcave. Folks, we're back and back in the middle of greatness. So, today, oh man, we've got a lot to get through. We've got uh, NXT UK Prelude. We've got... WrestleMania 37, and so those are the main things we got to get through. Now, a few things before we get uh, going on the various uh, shows. First of all, as far as the George Floyd situation, I'm glad that justice was served. This does not change or fix 400 years of inequity, 400 years of um, just really horrific things have happened to African Americans and, and the like. But this is a good first step. This is a good start. So that's all I'll say about the George Floyd situation. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that there was a conviction. I'm glad that we finally found some measure of justice. But we've got a long ways to go. So that's all, <laughs> that's all I will say about that. Uh, so the other piece of news outside of the ring that uh, has happened since we last talked was Black Thursday. And I believe tomorrow is going to be two weeks on since Black Thursday. And if you don't know, 10 WWE superstars were let go. Don't know why, except that WWE is saying, well, it was budgetary. And I'm thinking to myself, um, you're, you're a two, okay, if you add everything up, Peacock, they're getting a billion dollars. There are other domestic uh, contracts with NBC Universal, with uh, Raw, with NXT. Fox with SmackDown, they're getting about another eight hundred fifty million right there. Merchandising, you're getting about eighty five million, roughly in, in, in that ballpark. So if you add everything up, everything up, and and I'm I'm rounding up, I'm rounding up just a bit. But if you add up everything that WWE is getting on its face, they are a two billion dollar a year company they're worth two billion with a b two billion dollars now <clears throat> corporate tax rate i believe is 20 percent, 21 percent. so that takes out about 400 million but so they have 1.6 Roughly one point six billion dollars 
over one and a half billion dollars a year for um, you know people as far as uh, employees, facilities, travel. They're not really doing much travel right now. So I guess here's my point. My point is that WWE has enough money. And so I don't want to hear about some sort of weird budgetary cuts. I don't want to hear that. That is a lame excuse. Now, I won't go through every one of these people that uh, unfortunately lost their job. But I will point out uh, five of them. Uh, So, first of all, I think the biggest one, the one that people are just scratching their heads at and thinking, what the heck, is Samoa Joe. Now, Samoa Joe was absolutely killing it on commentary. His knowledge... His enthusiasm, his love for the business shown through. He uh, played off of Michael Cole very well. And I think that Samoa Joe really had a good mind for the business. I really still do believe that. And the guy's only... Well, basically my age, so early 40s. And here's the problem. You don't know if WWE is saying, well, you can't wrestle. And then Joe is like, well, but I want to get back into wrestling. And so I I, I don't know how... I don't know if that's the case. That's the working theory. Do not quote me on that. That's the working theory is that Joe wanted to get back in the ring. WWE wouldn't let him. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, you let Daniel Bryan. That was a traumatic brain injury. I mean, there were legions on his brain. I mean, my gosh. And Edge. I mean, he had spinal stenosis. And so you let him back in. Christian, you let him back in the Royal Rumble this past January, a few months back, with his uh, concussion issues. You let him back in. So why not Samoa Joe? I I don't get it. I do not get it. If you are allowing... I mean, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels came back after breaking his back on the edge of a a coffin or a casket and matched with The Undertaker. And he came back in 2002... And had this tremendous run. Uh, Ric Flair. Ric Flair wrestled forever, it seemed like. So, I don't know where WWE is coming from. I, I really don't. 
if it was about Samoa Joe getting back into the ring, well, like I say, you've let plenty of other people get back in the ring after catastrophic injuries. Plenty of people. So WWE, I don't want to hear that it was a medical thing. I really don't. The other thing that could have been, and just spitballing here, is money. And we will get to the money situation after I go through the, you know, five that, you know, I I really wanted to focus on. So there's Samoa Joe. The next one that I was just like, are you kidding? Was the Iconics. Um, now, I I, I, I I stress to you that, um, I mean, Cassie, who was Peyton Royce, Jessica, who was Billy Kay, uh, Cassie and Jessica were killing it. I mean, if you listened to that, I believe it was the Raw Talk, this was a ways back, but about a month and a half, I'm guessing, back. But Cassie got on the mic, and she just poured her heart out, and she said, I am here every single day. I am doing everything by the book. I am tired of being looked past. I'm tired of being... um, seen as just some sort of a joke. I'm not a joke. I want Oscar. Well, they gave her Oscar, and sure enough, she just, I mean, she she lost in relative short order. There goes the push. She wasn't even at WrestleMania. (laughs) Peyton Royce, Cassie was not even at WrestleMania. Let's be clear about that she wasn't even at Wrestlemania so I'm thinking you got a person that has that much talent that much passion and they are saying you know I want to I want to do better I want to do better and WWE's like now with the Iconics, and, and then I'll, I'll switch very quickly over to what Bailey, um, well, both what Bailey and Sasha Banks um, said during their Broken School sessions with uh, Steve Austin. Here's, here's the thing, that the Iconics, that Cassie and Jessica were a great tag team. And then inexplicably, they got split up because allegedly, and I'm, I'm being very careful, allegedly, Kevin Dunn, who has worked for WWE forever as, you know, their main executive producer, uh, didn't feel it with Jessica, with Billy. I'm thinking you you didn't feel it with Billy Kay, why? 
Give, give me give me one good reason, Kevin Dunn. One. I mean, my gosh. So, because you didn't feel it. Because you didn't feel it. That was enough to say, all right, we're going to split them up and then we're going to just ship them out because we don't know what to do with them. Okay. Now, this is what Bailey and Mercedes, okay, said during their Broken School sessions. First with Bailey. She said, you know what? I had the hugging, happy-go-lucky fan persona character in NXT and for the first little bit in uh, the main roster. And then it just got old because fans were starting to turn against that. Fans were starting to boo me. And, excuse me, so... Bailey was like, hey, I, I want to do this. I, I want to change up my character. I, 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 whatever I got to do. Um, I mean, wh- am I doing everything right? Am I doing everything good? Uh, how can I freshen up my character? And WWE was like, nah, just keep smiling. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because gosh darn it, that's working. And she's like, uh, no. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it's not working for me. And and clearly the fans are tired of it. So Bailey said, all right, I got to do something different. And Bailey tapped into a little bit of dark, not super dark, but serious, more serious. Turned into a heel, turned into one of the best heels I think in the past five years, men or women, I mean, she really tapped into something. And frankly, I didn't think that she could pull off being a heel. I really didn't. But she she has. She is. So <clears throat> there's Bailey. Then Mercedes. Mercedes goes on to Steve Austin and uh, says, you know what? For seven years, I never heard my real name. Okay. Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes, said, for seven years, I never heard my real name. Do you know how... Just insane that sounds. I mean, you're having to tell people for, you know, seven years, you know, I I didn't hear my real name. I didn't hear my real name. I didn't hear my real name. And over time, you can lose yourself in your character. There are people... And I'm talking like old school, okay? Like like the Hogans, to a lesser degree, Ric Flair, but but certainly Hogan and all that that 
they just protected their character like it was their life. And they just made that switch. And if if I told you, and, and some, I mean, some people will, will say, well, we, we know who this is now. But if, if, I, if I told the average person, not really average, but if, if I told just just a random person, I, if I said, who's Terry Bollea? They'd be like, who? I'd be like, um, have you ever heard of Hulk Hogan? Oh, yeah, wow, his name's Terry? Huh, interesting. You know, so people can get lost in their characters. And so Sasha, when she and Bailey, okay, when Mercedes and Bailey lost the tag team titles to the Iconics, Mercedes was saying, can I have some time off? And again, WWE was like, "Mm, no. And she's like, no, my mental health, my time, I need to just get out of here. So she left for five months and she went to Japan. She worked with Mako Satomura, which that just blows my mind right there. And Mercedes found balance. Mercedes found balance. Mercedes found this 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 idea of okay i know who i am now i know what my character is i can find a balance and i've gained a little bit of myself you know so that's kind of where i am am, am seeing this and so what's my point Getting back to, you know, getting back to um, the Iconics, getting back to Jesse and Cassie. They wanted to expand their characters. They wanted to grow their characters. They wanted to reshape their characters. And WWE was like, whoa, hey, whoa, no, hold up there, hold up. Mm-mm. You know, I don't know if you remember some years back, but uh, Naomi went to WWE with the whole Feel the Glow uh, character, and WWE was like, no, 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 not, not going to do it. Sorry, can't do it, won't do it. And so she took a chance, okay? Trinity took a chance and she blinged out her belt and it worked. But that's the risk that you take. You have to go literally behind their backs in order to grow your own character because they want to keep you basically right at a certain level. Maybe maybe that's too harsh of criticism, 
But that's that's the general idea that I've heard from people like John Moxley, people like Chris Jericho, Mercedes, Bailey, the Iconics. The list goes on and on of people that wanted to expand their characters, really wanted to change things up, and WWE's like, nope, sorry. Even The Undertaker, the greatest of all time, the GOAT. Okay, if you watch The Last Ride, I, I encourage you to watch that uh, docuseries. It was amazing. But uh, Undertaker goes in and says, hey, Vince, what about this idea? And then he comes out and he says, oh, my gosh, he, he actually listened to me. What the heck? Seriously? So that's the Iconics. Chelsea Green, look, she was stuck in NXT. She broke her wrist last year. And now was that. She broke her wrist. Okay, let's think about that. She broke her wrist. And people WWE are like, well, she must be injury prone. That's the only injury I've ever heard Chelsea Green getting is breaking her wrist. And like I said, Shawn Michaels, uh, Triple H, torn quads, both quads torn. You know, John Cena, uh, torn tricep. Um, Daniel Bryan with his concussion issues. Edge with his neck. Christian with his concussion issues. Folks, you cannot tell me that WWE knows what the heck they're doing medically because, I mean, my gosh, you got people that are saying, well, I want to wrestle, and you only break your wrist and they let you go because they think you're injury prone? That's a, that's a little tough to swallow. Not going to lie. That's a little tough to swallow. So, I don't know about Chelsea Green, but pff, that was a missed opportunity. Then... Of course, you've got uh, Mickey James, one of the legends of the business, one of the greatest women's wrestlers. Heck, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, period. Um, she came back, but she never really got much traction. She kind of got lost in the shuffle. And I think... That was a mistake. I really, I really believe that. I honestly believe that that was a bit of a mistake. Here's my point. And here's where the financial stuff comes in. Now, I don't know the exact yearly earning, yearly income of these 10. But if you take the standard income which is about $150,000 a year. And you multiply that by 10, that is $1.5 million for one year. For one year. 
WWE is worth $2 billion. <laughs> So, WWE, again, you could have made that $1.5 million back like that. Probably that, that same day because of merchandising, because of television deals and all these other things. So, please, don't talk to me about... Budgetary cuts. Last year, I could have understood. But not this year. Because, my gosh. What the heck? Now, here's uh, the other side of the coin. And then we will get into NXT uh, UK Prelude and WrestleMania. So... Mickey James posted a picture on social media where uh, she um, went out there and uh, basically said, yeah, okay, I'm going to um, open this up. And there was a trash bag with her stuff in it and just her first name. And she actually added Vince McMahon said, what the heck? Is this how you treat people? And it was not, it was not Vince McMahon that apologized. Let's, let's just throw that out there. Vince McMahon did not apologize. It was, it was Hunter. It was Triple H. Okay. It was Paul Levesque. That's who apologized and said, yeah, we've fired the person that uh, has been involved with this. Now, <laughs> the person involved, apparently, allegedly, is Mark Carano, former head of talent relations. So, WWE, uh, if you've got people like Mickey James... Gail Kim and the like saying, yeah, this has happened to us too. A, you can't tell me you didn't know that that was a thing. And if you honestly didn't know, then how could you not have known? Somewhere down the chain, you, you must have heard, huh, we're, we're sending stuff back to people in trash bags? No, that's not okay. But there's that. And the day of, the day of, okay, the day of Black Thursday, Hunter and Stephanie were on Good Morning America and they were pitching the Annie. Docu series about the greatest, you know, legends in the business. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, Undertaker, you know, Bret Hart, all all that. Shawn Michaels, I think, is in there too. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> funny. So you can get on to Good Morning America, no. Problems, no problem. And just to act like nothing 
remotely bad happened that day, and yet 10 people lost their jobs that you very easily, very, very easily could have paid them their entire salaries for the entire year, for this year, for 2021, in one day. Are you kidding me, WWE? <laughs> Look, I know this is probably not going to garner me much uh, fandom amongst WWE. And I, I'm guessing that this will probably make it so that I probably will never be able to work for WWE because I am being this critical of the product. But it's just how you treat people. Okay, I've learned a long time ago, and painfully, and we've talked about this in nauseam on this show. I've said some things that I regret saying to people. And some people have forgiven me, and I'm very grateful for that. Some people just haven't, and that's their right. They can say, no... You you got done screwed up. So I had to I had to eat that. I had to be like, yep, all right, you're right. So what's my point before we get into the in ring stuff? WWE has to start looking at their business practices and realize. We are not in the 1970s. We are not in the 1980s. Heck, we're not even in the Attitude Era. We are in 2021. And anybody that gets their belongings back in a trash bag, that is just disrespectful. Now, to their credit, these 10 that were let go were mostly complimentary of WWE. They were classy. Boy. Now, if you if you had if you had these ten people's total net worth, okay, total net worth, it's like eighteen and a half million dollars. Again, WWE, you could have made that back like that. You didn't. So, anyways, that's that. Appreciate you. Uh, listening to me uh, talking about that, I just thought that that was just a raw deal. But anyway, um, so on to happier stuff. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start off with NXT UK Prelude. It was uh, the uh, first. Um, it was the first uh, show on uh, on Peacock from uh, NXT. Uh, UK, and it was actually a really, really great show. So you had three uh, matches. You had Noam Dar versus Tyler Bate uh, for a chance to uh, take on A-Kid for uh, the Heritage Cub Championship. Uh, Tyler Bate won uh, two to one. Um uh, and uh, this guy is just freaky, freaky strength, freaky 
just freaky strength. My gosh. <laughs> I love when Andy Shepard, the lead uh, commentator on uh, NXT UK, screams, big, strong boy. I, I just, I love that for some reason. It's, it's just, it's fantastic. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, so, Noam Dar, um, I think he's got a great gig. He's got a good uh, character. He, he can go in the ring. And I love Supernova Sessions. I just, I just, I just do. I adore that. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, next up was Mako Satomura uh, and Amelia McKenzie defeating Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn. Now, uh, I don't know much about McKenzie, and I apologize for that up front, but boy, this was hard hitting. I mean, this was just absolutely um, just nuts. They were going after each other. It was physical. It was it was basically strong style evolved. It was that good. And you know, a few weeks back if I said, you know, hey, watch Kaylee Ray versus Mako Satamora because that will restore your faith not only in wrestling, but in humanity. Watch this match because it was just that good. I honestly believe it was just that good. They 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 were physical, and uh, they really showed me, you know, a lot. Uh, so, Mako Satamora, I think she's got a good shot at being NXT UK Women's Champion at some point. Well, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, finally. For the uh, NXT UK Championship, it was Walter defeating Rampage Brown. <laughs> and this was fun. It was just two big bulls going after each other. And you had, uh, you had Rampage Brown get Walter, you know, on the ground and, uh, Get some get some good offense in, but Walter's too good. He he's too good. <laughs> People from the UK that I know, uh, you know, have said, you know, they 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 were talking about Walter. I'm like, okay, I mean, I kind of have a general idea of who Walter is, but who's Walter? Oh, I know who Walter is now. <laughs> I mean, he's a big un. He is a big un. He really is massive. There are. You don't need any camera tricks. You don't need any weird angles. No, Walter is just massive. Everything he does is impactful. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and to me, I. He can hold on to the NXT UK Championship as long as he wants. Now, my working theory, I have no information. I have no uh, sources that are saying this. This is just my feeling that Walter is holding on to that title until 
they can build up Ilya Dragunov. So that Ilya can take on Walter, finally beat Walter, and then Walter, once we get this pandemic a little bit further, you know, into the rear view mirror, that Walter can come to the United States and not necessarily go to the NXT because he's already been in NXT, but um, he he could he could be WWE champion. <laughs> I really truly believe that. I honest goodness believe that. Um, so um, that was that was NXT UK prelude. Uh, now, uh, we're going to go through uh, WrestleMania night one, night two. Night one, you had Bobby Lashley with MVP defeating Drew McIntyre by technical submission. Basically, uh, Lashley put on the Hurt Lock and Drew McIntyre and uh, won. This was a heck of a match. It was back and forth. The pacing was great. Uh, both uh, Bobby and Drew got their offense in. Both sold amazingly well. And it really felt like this was a beginning, not necessarily an end. You know? Um... Some people thought, well, Drew got the the ovation that he so richly deserved last year. That was enough. I'm in the opposite camp. Because Drew uh, carried an entire industry, not just WWE, but an entire industry on his back for over a year. WWE should have rewarded that and said, okay, we're going to give you another run of the championship. Down the road, we want you to drop it to Bobby Lashley, but right now, we will give you back the championship for a third time. People were wanting it. I wanted it. And it would have made a lot of sense. So, how I would have booked it was you let Miz go into WrestleMania as the champion. Drew beats Miz. And then down the road, you have Bobby Lashley beat uh, Drew McIntyre. And it would have meant more. Because that program had very little storytelling very very little so um there's that <clears throat> next up uh, was the tag team turmoil match it was a great match i honestly believe that but the crowd was dead it was just dead um you had the Riot Squad, so Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot uh, going against Natty Nightheart Wilson and Tamina. And, of course, uh, Mandy Rose. 
and uh, Dana Brooke, and then uh, the other team was Carmella and the aforementioned uh, Cassie, or uh, Jesse, sorry, Jessica, a.k.a. Billy Kay. All right, so, again, the pacing was good. Um, any one particular team looked like they were going to win at certain points, but Natty and Tamina, they are working just hand in glove, and I really believe that they have a good thing going. I honestly do. So, they won the chance to face off against Nia Jax and Jan Baszler night two. Uh, next up was Cesaro defeating Seth Rollins. This was the workman's match. This was the workhorse match. You know, and it picked the crowd back up. It picked the crowd back up, you know, and it was like, okay, this is going to work. This is going to be good. This is going to be okay. Um, and just the back and forth. And Cesaro and Seth, they, they work so well in the ring together. Um, it, was, it was just a jaw-dropping match. I didn't want it to end, quite frankly. Um, next up... Uh, is uh, AJ Styles and Omos, or Omos, tomato, tomato, uh, defeating the New Day of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. I mean, it's a tale of two halves for the match. The first half, New Day was uh, cornering AJ Styles. They were basically setting the pace. They were... Um, going, you know, through and, and really brutalizing the guy. And then the second half, after, you know, Omos uh, got uh, tagged in, and he just... Does he have a rudimentary offense? Yes. But he's massive. He is massive. I was just floored by this guy. Um, and New Day just had no answers for him. The only problem now is that it's been, what, three weeks now? And uh, you've got really no uh, no looking at AJ or Omos uh you know, in terms of defending the titles and all that, I, I just, I think that's a bit of a mistake, to be honest with you. Uh, Braun Strowman versus uh, Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. I mean, I don't want to say it wasn't anything special, but it was it was just a regular, you know, it was just regular, you know, uh, steel cage match. Only thing it really was was like the you know the highlight was Shane going coast to coast hitting uh Braun Strowman but that was pretty much it uh Bad Bunny and Damian Priest defeating Miz and John Morrison 
This was a heck of a match because Bad Bunny is right up there with Stephen Amell and right up there. And I know people are going to say, Pat McAfee, are, are you kidding? Those three can go in the ring. Okay, those three can go in the ring. They they take it seriously and they know how to work things. And it's not just, oh, I want to go off the top rope or, you know, I want to, you know, I want to body slam you. I mean, no, it was a very uh, just good, solid match. It really, it really was. So, Big props to Bad Bunny. Um, so there's that. Finally, Bianca Belair defeating the aforementioned Mercedes slash Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Send the crowd home happy. Bianca looked powerful, especially uh, carrying Mercedes. I mean, she... she <laughs> Gorilla pressed her, uh, pressed Mercedes, walked up the steps and just threw her over. I mean, my gosh, what kind of freaky strength does Bianca Belair have? My goodness. Um, the only thing that I thought was a little miss was the, you know, the, the Titantron in the background, you know, with the, the entrance where it was, you know, the EST of NXT, and I'm thinking, somebody got done screwed up. <laughs> you know, it should have been, I think it should have been the EST of WWE, but, you know, I, I guess I can understand why that happened. But, um, so that was 9-1. It was a great first night I think that the crowd was dead for a lot of it. It was unfortunate. It was raining. Um, and I just I just don't know what what else they could have done, you know. Uh, but you know it, it was kind of like... You had fans hyped up for the first match. They were quiet until Cesaro and Seth Rollins. And even that match, they they really didn't get into it until about halfway through. They were quiet for uh, AJ Styles and uh, Omos. And the New Day, they were uh, quiet for Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. They got a little bit more into it with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz Morrison. But then they were back with Bianca and, and, and Mercedes. So, to me, I think, yeah, it, it, it went in waves. That's, that's kind of what you want to do. But it just felt like WWE could have started with a great win 
and ended with a great win. But it's a trade-off because if you say, well, we're going to give Drew the championship, does that mean that they're going to keep the title on Mercedes, on, on Sasha Banks? And I don't know. Or vice versa. So, I mean, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a pick em. Uh, so night two, Randy Orton uh, defeated The Fiend with Alexa Bliss. This was a weird match. You start off with that gigantic Jack in the Box, and Fiend comes out from you know, uh, from it, dives on Randy Orton, and you thought that The Fiend was going to uh, just summarily just destroy uh, Randy Orton. But Alexa Bliss um, did the unthinkable. She uh, distracted uh, the Fiend with, you know, black goo coming from her uh, headpiece. And uh, that gave Randy Orton a chance to score the victory. It was, it just, it didn't make sense one bit. But, um, that took the crowd out of it. Night two. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler uh, defeating uh, Natty Nightheart Wilson and Tamina uh, by uh, submission. This was a good match. I really think that Natty and Tamina have something going. I really do. Um, but if if you if you follow Mercedes logic, because Steve Austin asked her, she said or he said, Do you think WWE got it right? Taking the titles off of you and Bailey after only forty nine days and Mercedes just flat out said, No. I don't think they got it right because they didn't do anything with it. There was no follow-through with it, with the Iconics. So, no, they didn't get it right. So, with Nia and Shayna as champions, I don't see anybody that can beat them. So, I'm sorry. It feels like a bit of a waste of time to build any tag team divisions because... Who's going to beat Omos and AJ Styles? I mean, the only the only team that's really available right now is New Day, and they've held championships like forever on uh, SmackDown. Who's going to beat the Dirty Dogs? I mean, Street Profits. Okay, then what? And the women's division, who's going to beat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler? Yeah, again, I'm waiting. Anybody want to tell me? Because I don't see that happening. Uh, Kevin Owens defeating Sami Zayn with Logan Paul. Uh, it's just a good, solid match from those two. They always have good, solid matches. Sheamus defeating Riddle. This was the surprise of the night. Riddle 
um, did some amazing things. He went for, I think he calls it the bro salt. I could be wrong, but he, he, he went for moon salt up the top rope. And, uh, Seamus, uh, caught him with rogue kick, uh, and just flattened the guy. Beats Riddle, one, two, three. There's a new United States champion. This was the other one that I just, it didn't really make sense. Um, Apollo Crews defeating Big E for the Intercontinental Championship. In a Nigerian drum fight. It was just a bunch of drums around the ring. Um, so that was pretty much that. Um, Biggie did hit the big ending. But um, you um, had, and I'm blanking on the name and I, I apologize. But you had help for Apollo Crews. And so, we'll see where where that goes. Rhea Ripley, this was the you booked yourself into a corner match. Rhea Ripley defeating Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Asuka still has not won at WrestleMania. She was the most dominant women's champion in NXT history. And she's just gotten... Uh, shown really little to no respect, you know, especially on the grandest stage of them all. Rhea Ripley should have beaten uh, Charlotte Flair last year, but WWE panicked because of ratings with AEW. They gave the title to Charlotte, and this is nothing against Charlotte, but it didn't move the needle one bit. So again, they got it wrong. That's just how I look at it. So we'll see what happens with Rhea Ripley. Um, Rhea Ripley is uh, now apparently feuding with with Char- uh, with uh, Charlotte, and I think Oscar's in the mix too. And so it's just it's just kind of a wreck. Finally, Roman Reigns with Jey Uso and Paul Heyman defeating Edge and Daniel Bryan. This was an excellent match. A plus. Just go back and watch it. That's all I can say. It was that good. So that, my friends, finally is WrestleMania week. Uh, It took me a few weeks. Told you it would take me a few weeks. (laughs) To get through all the content. Now, before I go, two things. Number one, um, well, three, sorry, three things. Number one, uh, you can find my show and other great podcasts at onestopwrestling.com. All one word, lowercase, onestopwrestling.com that's where you can find me and other great great uh, content providers uh, for YouTube for podcasts so there's that plug second 
Next week, we will have the uh, first, the very first, the very first uh, interview on this show of uh, Jay's Phoenix. Um, and, uh, urge me, uh, yeah, Chase, uh, Chase Phoenix. Um, and so we've got, uh, that, um, or Champ Phoenix. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Champ Phoenix. Oh my gosh. I am so sorry, Champ. Uh, Champ Phoenix, Champ Phoenix next week. He is a wrestler from Australia. So we've got that interview coming up uh, next week. The week after will be the preview show for uh, WrestleMania Backlash. So that's where we are going from there. Now, uh, last thing is, as far as hashtag the rewind over on Twitter... Yeah, the Wortham. I'm not going to worry about the last few weeks because that I'm too far behind on the eight ball on that. So, starting next Wednesday, I'm going to go back to Raw, NXT, NXT UK, and SmackDown from this week. Okay, so I'm going to be focusing on this week's shows next week on The Rewind. Right. Well, whew, that was a heck of a show. And uh, so I'm very grateful for everybody uh, being here. I'm grateful for your listening. I'm grateful for you following me on social media. I really am. Uh, I've met some really cool people from all around the world. So, until next week, folks, this is Russell Wortham. And just like the Beatles sang all those many years ago, and I believe this, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week. <laughs>